0: You're listening to the Irish Times. So there's a big event coming up in Japan, Pat. I think I've heard about this. Well, what, why? What do you think I'm talking about? The Rugby World Cup? That's what, you See, that's where you're wrong. Go on. I'm talking about next year's Olympics. Ah. You're I'm already about, excited, are you? Well, I mean, okay, there's a lot of sport over the weekend. There was an All-Ireland Football Final. People may have heard of it. Yeah. I was there. Uh, there was uh, a Rugby International. Yeah. Ahead of the aforementioned Rugby World Cup. And Gavin Comiskey is going to be on the wild, bringing us some squad news. Uh, some, well, we're, we're, not, not, we're, not, we're not allowed to call it, call it squad we're not news. We're not allowed to call it yeah. squad news. But what also happened over the weekend was a lot of stuff that's going to matter uh, next summer at the Olympics for Ireland. Mm. Um. There was uh, female boxers who did well. There was equestrian stuff that went very well. But there was amazing stuff going on for Ireland at the World Owing Championships. Sinéad Pospuri won again, second year in a row. Uh, the great Paul O'Donoghue mm. won his fourth World Championship in a row. Since the silver in the Olympics. Since the silver in the it's Olympics. It's incredible. Like, these people are insane. Mm. There is a, there. Rowing is an insane sport to begin with. Um, I, I remember writing about it years ago and thinking that everybody puts in effort into their sport. Not saying that, but the ratio of effort to recognition must be the lowest in rowing than it is in any other sport, because it, these people kill themselves
1: if you've ever seen rowers at the end of a race yeah. it's actually worth tracking them if you ever are at a rowing event mm. cuz they will literally almost collapse out of boats mm. they will have emptied every fiber of their being into into it it's it's fascinating to mm. watch i don't it's hugely impressive to watch as well
0: there's a brilliant uh, um account on twitter uh, an irish account uh, a guy who follows essentially where um Ireland's Olympic hopefuls are across their four years. And, like, he's, he's the best... His name, is, his name is Dodge on Twitter, but he's S-E-I Dodge. Um, and he collates all this stuff uh, about... You know, he, he's always... He, he can more or less name an Irish Olympic team a year out. Right. Uh, and he keeps track of what the hockey team need to do in their next game and all this sort of stuff. He went through the... Uh, rowing over the weekend and counted, made a medals table out of only the events that will happen at the Olympics. Ireland came second in that medal table. Wow. Behind New Zealand. New Zealand got four golds, two silvers, no bronze. Ireland got two golds, one silver. Germany, two golds, one bronze. China, two golds. Uh, Netherlands, one gold, three silver, two bronze. Like, purely on the basis of the weekend, just gone. We're going to be spending a lot of mornings next summer watching rowing happening in Japan. Excellent. Good. Yeah, it's awesome.
1: Yeah, because Philip Doyle and Rowan Byrne got uh, a silver at the weekend Mm. and they just needed a little bit more road and they had gold. Uh, They were coming with every Mm. stride or or however you you phrase Mm. it properly in rowing.
0: I know you're not a rowing expert, Pat, but they don't row on the road. Oh, okay. It's water. Oh, It's water. But look... We'll find. Olympics are for learning I've, their stuff. I've plenty of time. <laughs> plenty of time. We promise we will talk about these people more than we generally do mm. because they deserve our recognition. Uh, first, of course, though we will just stick with the big sports this this weekend. Yeah. Uh, and as I say, Gavin uh, Comiskey is going to be in, in a while, uh, telling us about uh, the news that has leaked out about the Ireland uh, World Cup squad. But there's only one place to start. Pat, um, I came out of Crook Park. Did I come out of it buzzing? No, I didn't. I come I come out of it in full dread of a of another extending my uh, working year by another two weeks. Um, but I thought it was uh, an enjoyable game. Uh, you didn't. Well, I, that's slightly stretching it. I was just struck. That you hated it, Pat.
1: <laughs> I'm telling the people that you hated it. I was just struck by the amount of people that were calling it a classic and mm. a final for the ages, whereas. This sounds like a very negative place to start, but I watched a game where for the last 10 minutes a team playing against 14 men failed to have a shot on goal mm. and where both teams got bad cases of white line fever. Mm. And and I, I thought the quality was lower than
0: you'd hope. And a lot of the big players didn't fire. This is very true. Sean Moran is in this morning. How are you, Sean? Great, thanks. And Eamon Dunahoo is with us. Hey, yeah. Uh, Let's get into that then first, Sean. The, the the overall quality of the game. We can always be um, kind of uh, diverted by any draw almost because uh, it's always thrilling, never mind in an all-Ireland final. Um, does that disguise the quality of it? Probably a little bit.
2: I mean, yeah. any match where one team loses a man as early as Dublin did, is bound to be distorted mm. a, a little bit. And uh, I think at, at the end, Pat's... Point is, is is well made that it was a very very nervy end game really for both teams mm-hmm. but it was extraordinary to see how the team with fourteen were were controlling really the the whole tempo and the possession of it uh, and uh, well, understandable though understandable that that yeah that they were
0: yeah like they are they are the five in a row they are the the behemoths of the game and like okay like like fair play to carry. Uh, you're right Pat like they were the team with 15 men and for the last 10 minutes they didn't take a shot it's understandable like 11 of them were playing in their first final like we we'd, we'd because heard, they're wearing Kerry jerseys we nearly forget that they're children. 20 and yeah. 21 we'd, them, we'd heard yeah. all
2: week though that this was the this was the thing for Kerry to get it to the end mm. still in, con- in contention mm. and, and see what happened and they had a bonus of being a man up uh, Dublin not playing terribly well um, certainly, in terms of the, the shooting, uh, you know they, they had chances to win it at the at, at the end, which didn't come off. So, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, it, but, it, but it was it was a, it was in many ways a terrific outcome for for Gary. I mean, mm. they'd be frustrated. I mean, they were a point they went a point up in the sixty in sixth minute, mm. so I think they'd be disappointed that they they didn't manage to kind of uh, press on from that from that point. But uh, I think it does actually, you know, bring them on an awful lot. Like they're a newish team um, a lot of young players who now have an All-Ireland under their belt in terms of experience. Mm. And they go back in, in two weeks to try and uh, exploit that experience. But I, I think, you know, we have to kind of draw a line between what's what's classic yes. play and what's exciting. Yeah. And there was no doubting. I mean, sure, it was electric in there towards the end, mm. but particularly with what was at stake mm. The, the the five in a row and uh, the interest obviously in Kerry in, in, in seeing that didn't happen and uh, at the end of it all of course uh, the actual five in a row thing survives and actually moves a step closer mm, mm. we've had it thwarted in history and provincial yeah. championships, in All Ireland semi-finals and All Ireland final, and now it's going to a, a replay. You kind of feel the
0: Dubs are the first
2: team not,
0: not, yes. to get, not to get beaten in but, but a five-in-a-row final.
2: They're the team who's now gone <laughs> farthest in yes. pursuit of five-in-a-row. but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, sure, we'll, we'll see how that pans out.
0: I tend to agree with you, actually, Pat. I mean, I, I think quality-wise, it wasn't like it wasn't a patch on, say, the 2017 final between uh, Dublin and Mayo, like uh, which was a, a truly great, great yeah. game. Um, so. Yeah, we, we, we can tend to get, get blown away by this. And and Sean's point is is right, Evan, isn't it, that like the the top, top headline acts on both sides didn't really figure. You know, David Clifford didn't look very, very nervous. Stephen O'Brien was shackled by John Small. Mannion, O'Callaghan, Kilkenny, and Fenton. Fenton, mm-hmm. all kind of neutralized for Dublin.
3: Yeah. It's um, only Jack
0: McCaffrey, really.
3: Yeah, I think that in terms of it not being a as high quality as maybe it's as it has been put out in the coverage i think that's goes as far as the scoring the, the there there was a lot of um inaccuracy in the shooting but in terms of fielding i haven't seen in an all ireland final where there's been as there's spectacular fielding David Warren, brian howard jack barry it was phenomenal um the variety of the kickouts and the defend defending the amount of turnovers so they're not kind of as beautiful of things as you want to see, Do you know but they what? just as a,
0: Just in, uh, at the risk of going down a, a, an alleyway there, remember when uh, the, the rules committee came out with the mark and everybody kind of sniggered and went, sure, what, what difference is that going to make? Between that and moving the kickout up to the 20-meter line, it really has changed the tenor of the kickout and brought about, you're exactly right, the amount of fetching that there was in that game yesterday. And the like that is Brian Howard a one
1: leading up to the goal was Ozzy Rowan stuff. It was, yeah? Um, yeah. It was Dean Rock
0: came back and made one. Mm-hmm. Uh Jack Barry made two in the first half. David Moore had a brilliant, glorious one that, that set up Tommy Walsh's point. And like like to be fair to them, and I do think everybody kind of laughed down their sleeve when people came out with that a, a few years ago, but well, it was it defeated. Really, it was for example, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, but it was it they, they don't have to worry about when they come down about being surrounded or anything mm. like that. They can just come in really late and risk it all to try and, and, and make the mark. Um and then it was it was just very interesting the way that when Kerry put that massive risky press, mm. how Clarkson was able to kick over over it, which as you said, mm. is because of how far out the kick can mm. go. And um, but in terms of the matchups, Kerry took a risk in playing Jack Barry. And between him and Warren, the completely shackled Fenton. Um, I think that Manion, Morley did a great job on, on Mannion. Some of the rest of the the matchups, I don't think is has been as successful as people are saying. Like I actually think Conor Callan had a very good game. He just didn't get a lot of a lot of ball, but he he does like he doesn't. He's not going to score five or six points. He'll always score oh, no. one one yeah. or two points. Or and he scored a point. And he nearly scored a goal, which he made completely of himself. Everything that came into me one. He took on his man constantly, won freeze. Mm. He was never turned over. Like I'd actually have been very worried if if I I would be very worried if O'Sullivan was matched matched up on him again the next day. I think that was a, a disaster waiting to happen.
2: Yeah, and it nearly did. If, nearly did, it, it, and should have. With the yeah, yeah the, the, he, sh- he should have got out minute, a
1: second. 50th yeah, yeah. Well, I was um, really impressed by Kerry's attitude to the press. It was. The bravery of what they did, it was full on. As you said, maybe almost a team that young gets away with it. But they actually showed the the clip yesterday on the Sunday game where the two closest people to the Kerry goal were Dublin's two inside forwards. Mm. Dub- Kerry had pressed up so much that the goalkeeper yeah. was ahead of the last two forwards. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that before.
0: It's what you have to do. It's funny, I, I did a piece for Saturday's paper uh, about the Dublin press and Niall Morgan, the Tyrone goalkeeper, was really interested in talking about it. And he, he drew all that back to when Ireland played Australia in the, in the international rules a couple of years ago, that the Irish players were kind of looking around with their jaws on the floor because the Aussie defenders left Michael Murphy and Conor McManus for the Ireland kickout and pushed right up into midfield. And were going... Really? <laughs> and they actually got caught a couple of times with it. But uh Morgan was was basically saying to me, like like if I went into the Tyrone dressing room and says, Right, lads, here's what it is. We're gonna push up and leave Conor Callahan and Paul Mannion on their own in front of our goal. He says people would have a hernia. But that's but his whole it probably point would be the best
2: dressing room though to so float down. Unlikely. That one in. <laughs>
0: unlikely. But his point was exactly as you're saying, Matt. His point was you have to be brave you have to push away way up. There was a brilliant picture, actually, to, to flip things around, that uh, later on, when Dublin pressed up, that um, uh, Cluxton came out and marked Tommy Walsh. Oh yeah, was kind of standing. You can you can see the the footage of it. He's actually kind of standing side by side with him, and kind of on on the balls of his feet and like ready ready to go. <laughs> like you're going down. Like the ball's a hundred yards away. <laughs> even if it, even if you have to do something, you're not going to have to do something right now. But but like there's essentially that's what you got to do. Like you got to be that brave and get everybody up there. And the way Morgan put it is that after a while. He says it feels like a risk, but after a while, it's actually not as big a risk as you think it is because you're essentially overloading the place where the ball is going to fall, and it's up to you then to 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 get it. But that's why you know that that's why you see so often, even with the the mark rule that you're not allowed to touch the guy. Like very often, a guy is touched so as to yeah. we we'll give up the ten yards just so that everybody can can get back to their stations.
2: Well, mind you, remember when. Uh Dublin were last beaten in in the championship, yeah, and there, yeah. and and now it's kind of more of a it was a sophisticated, press, yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. But Tony Gall, a couple of flick-ons yeah. from and centre Ryan field. Away, and yeah. they, they were they away. Yeah, so yeah, it is it is a risk.
1: Sean, every time we have a draw in a in a big match, you can always you can look at things one way or the other. What's your sense in it? Is is this one of these ones that Kerry are going to look back on? I know you say that they've had a, a final the experience of a final now under their belt. But given that they played, whatever it was, 42 minutes against 14 men, are they going to look back in this as a m- huge chance lost?
2: You would imagine so, yeah. I, the, they're not going to say it at, at the moment, but, you know, if you, you, you reel off 1-2, close the gap, there were five points down uh, at that stage, uh, you're neck and neck, you're a man advantage. You eventually, you know, wrestle lead one point lead so you have the momentum um, I think I think they should be disappointed uh, and but for the replay I mean, the late Eugene McGee um, was the first person I saw formulating this as you know replay winners team that learns most and team with most room for improvement uh, in a funny way they could there are different things in mm-hmm. this Probably Kerry learnt more but Dublin have more room for improvement Um my my sense is that, you know, that the Dublin Dublin's room for improvement is significant because they were playing with fourteen men for so long, uh, but, you know, we were looking through the the, the program yesterday, and after twenty sixteen, uh, Jim Gavin was fairly ruthless. He made three changes. It was kind of the beginning of the end for Bernard Brogan. He was dropped for that that replay, and. Um, just looking at what he has available now, there are not obvious switches that, that he can and make. And the
0: interesting thing, as you say, it, it looked like the, he dropped Michael Darren Macaulay for the, for that replay as well. And the thinking being that it, it felt like near enough the end for, for him as well. Yeah. And yet here he is
2: still he's, as, he's,
0: as key a player. He's a remarkable story have. this yeah. season
2: because he looked, I mean... Um, it was it was last year's All Irelander, 2017, where he didn't even get didn't brought get off the bench in, yeah. in the final, yeah. and, and and not at all happy. Yes, yes, 17, yeah. the, the 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 last Mayo one, mm. not at all happy uh, w- w- with that. But th- this year he's been he's been a mainstay now. I think he um, he, he wasn't at his, at his best yesterday, but uh, but it's, it really was a, uh, an achievement for for him given his age profile and everything to be starting I matches. Think, I, I think you're certainly right, Sean, that,
0: that Dublin certainly have, have more improvement in them from, from everything we know about them. Like, as you say, they played with 14 men. Their main guys didn't destroy the scoreboard like they usually do. Um, but, I th- God, I think Kerry will take an enormous amount from this. I mean, I think, now, it may be that over the winter they look back and go, that was the day to win it, if they get beaten in the replay. Absolutely, that would be. But I. But for the next two weeks, I don't think it will even really enter their head. I, I really think they came there yesterday, however confident they were or however encouraged they were uh, by what they've done in Peter Keane's first year. They still went into an All-Ireland final, not particularly knowing where where is their level. Why, like, what is it... How do they compare? They knew that they could, they could beat Dublin by a point on a wet night in Tralee in February. So what? But to come away from that yesterday, to be, to be five points down after 55 minutes, with so many of them playing in their first All-Ireland, and to get out of that against Dublin, OK, they went ahead and OK, they had all the advantages in the end and didn't drive on and seal it. Fair enough. But that's a lesson that can be learned. Uh, and over, the overarching thing that they have to take away is this is here for us. This is something well, we can I'd, do.
2: I'd echo that uh, in in this way. Um, you know, now obviously, this is all defined by what happens in the real Of course, play, of course. You know? um, I remember five years ago when we were all going down on our knees after the drawn Kilkenny <laughs> tip match. And then, you know, the, the, the final was... I don't, more remember, prosaic. I don't remember that, that replay. <laughs> the replay yeah. Yeah. Um, say, say, same with this. I mean, what happens in the replay? The outcome Dictates will really on. dictate yeah. how yeah. we okay. perceive this. But there is an argument to be made that Dublin had shooting chances at the end. Yeah. I mean, it would be better better for them to win by a point with 14 men than okay. uh, the first day than to go into the, the, the replay. I mean, nothing's really guaranteed. guaranteed. For a long time, I mean, everyone's been looking at Kerry's Progress at, at minor over the last five years and uh, up until this year and, and and saying, you know, like, Kerry, you're Kerry are coming. And, you know, maybe we look back on this and say this is when the, the lines on the graph crossed.
1: Well, can I just present the alternative way of looking at it, which is how, what I was thinking 30 seconds before Johnny Cooper got sent off, which was that Dublin were five points up and were looking quite good to win the match by double figures. Like they were completely in charge, and it was purely the sending off that turned the game. And if it hadn't stayed like that, mm. uh, I think Dublin would have won at a canter.
3: I, I I predicted a Kerry win before this game, and the reason why I did that was did because, you? yeah, I predicted it. I'd been i have been saying that I've been very confident with it because who in their right mind? No other team would ever leave Sean O'Shea, Paul Geaney, David Clifford. Stephen O'Brien in a one on one situation, like it's madness. And Oh, that Dublin will do Dublin will give you an opportunity to play. And Kerry are gonna and and Kerry now if if that if that situation you know, repeats itself, I don't think I don't think Dublin are gonna allow that again. But if Dublin do allow that again, now the Kerry players have the belief a lot more belief, Mm. I think they will cause riot if 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 Dublin go out with the same defensive set-up on set up the replay, I think Kerry will cause
0: absolute riot. They were a bit different yesterday defensively, Dublin, than, than, than they have been. Like, they didn't really have a sweeper. No. Which they have... Now, possibly it's down to just Keno Sullivan not being fit, really. Yeah. Um, but even... When they decided... They usually try and create an extra man in front of the D. Yeah. But instead, yesterday, they tried... Essentially tried to make Jack McCarthy the extra man. Now he went on and scored one three,
3: mm.
0: man of the match, because for for some odd reason Kerry didn't really attach anybody to him. Yeah. But you're right, like the, the their system yesterday was very man on man, very one and one and let let the best men win and yeah. it was back to the very beginning of Jim Gavin's like mm they now have
3: kind of a more of a rotational system where different people are kind of, have defensive responsibilities. Yeah. And they all get back as a unit right before that wasn't the case. But if quick ball goes in, they are still completely one-on-one. Mm. Like That's what led to so many frees. Oh, and like... And yellow cards. In and, the beginning of the game, in the first half, Kerry missed so much. You know, and, and there were even chances there where Clifford hit wides where if he kept going, there were goals on. Mm. Like... You're leaving one-on-one situations against players who are who are incredible. Like it's absolute madness. Like Kerry have as individual talents as the best forwards in the country. So you and Kerry wouldn't leave the Dublin forwards one-on-one. Like, it doesn't matter how good a backs you have. If there's good quality ball coming in, you're marking David Clifford. You haven't a chance. And if Dublin do the same thing again, I can't see. I don't, I don't think I I don't think they will do the same thing again. I think Jim Gavin will make massive changes defensively. Do you think? Yeah, I think he'll make. Do you think big Cooper defenses. plays again? I think O'Sullivan will be in. I think McCauley will be gone. Do you think I think McCarthy will McCarty go, go midfield, and O'Sullivan will be centre back, and he'll be sweeping, mm. like.
2: But I think that the word around yesterday was that O'Sullivan wasn't fit mm. yesterday, uh, and uh, it was very unusual that he didn't make an on appearance. On. Yeah, uh, Philly didn't come on either. No. no. Um, and uh,
0: it was an odd day on the line for Dublin, wasn't it? Yeah, like, well, leaving
2: leaving Cooper,
0: leaving uh, Cooper, with, leaving John Clifford. Small. John Small looked like a second yellow waiting to happen. And at one stage, Stephen O'Brien was coming through, and he he didn't didn't. He didn't uh, go back to his his second nature and, and clock him. Uh, yeah. And it led to Paul Murphy's
2: goal chance that, that Cluxton tipped but onto the bar. I think, yeah, and and, and also I, I assumed because of everything and Small being on a yellow uh, that it was a tactical re- replacement. It was a blood substitution. Blood sub- oh, he was, he was trying he to, was get to get back on, yeah. He was looking to get back on.
0: But um, even... Even... Dermot was standing on the sideline for about 10 minutes before he came in. Yeah, there yeah. just... There seemed to be... Uh, maybe a a kind of a second guessing of themselves or a slowness on the line yesterday, which you don't ever really see from them. At the same time, how often are they really challenged in that sort of rarefied atmosphere? I think that's that's an interesting
2: point as well that has been maybe overlooked in this. We're talking about what Kerry uh, have learned in a young team and getting an All-Ireland final for free and coming back you know, in two weeks for the, the replay. Dublin haven't been properly challenged mm. in a sudden-death championship match since the 2017 final. Two years, yeah. And for them, it was kind of a learning experience as well. It's the first it's the first major collision they've had mm. uh, and it will be interesting to see what lessons they take from it I, as well. I was thinking that, Eamon, watching it. Like for a team
1: Dublin that wins so many games at their ease, their end-game management was actually really good, wasn't it? Especially when you consider 14 men.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um they they like even the likes of I mean Murphy was saying it in the Sunday game last night, the way he's like the likes of Kieran Kilkenny, who hadn't really been in the game much, shot massive leadership and he came back deep and they kind of they went back to their process. You've seen the I'd love to know what the hand up means. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to know what it means like when they put the hand up as they get the ball. Um, one of these days one of them would get caught for, for switching hands, but um, <laughs> and they were doing that the whole time and keeping the ball, and yeah, they just looked way more composed. Like, uh, when I finished the, the watching the match initially, I, I kind of straight away was was thinking, if Dublin were in that situation, at the end of the game, they would have just seen the ball out. But then I was kind of looking through the last few minutes of Dublin's All-Ireland finals where they were very tight, and the final that they through with, with Mayo, mm. they were a point up, and they kind of kept the tried to keep the ball, and Mayo had a few chances and kind of crept, crept their way back in. So it is a tough position to be in. But as you said at the beginning,
0: but it's also the man
3: extra. Keep, you have, can
0: keep you you can keep the ball for a minute and a half, two minutes. After that, putting yourself under huge pressure. You're, when now. you're putting yourself under pressure. You're also kind of the crowd starts getting after you. The referee starts kind of thinking, "All right, lads, he's going to play football yeah. here, or what?" And, and it like can be very easy. Passing, yeah, 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 the steps get counted a lot, <laughs> a lot tighter, you know. Yeah, it's it's something that uh, seven minutes was all, was always going to be too long to try and hold out without scoring themselves.
3: Yeah, and, no,
0: and and they didn't recognise that. Yeah, I was thinking on the line. I was I was thinking watching.
3: It, I was thinking they're. They need to keep this ball, but yeah, it was wrong. It was wrong to try and keep the ball
2: that that early. But to keep it that that side of the pitch, yeah. they needed And when they there. had
3: the man extra,
2: they mm. they but could it, have also every time the ball went in to the absolute half, uh, they looked on. They looked under pressure, mm. like mortal pressure, not just mm. pressure, pressure. It, it looked like it was, a, you know, if the shop was open a bit, mm. you know, toward towards the end. But again, it's
0: got to be so hard. Like you know, that sort of atmosphere. The, these lads are twenty, twenty-one. You know, this is their first. A lot of them, most of them, only ever won their first game in Krog Park in, in the, the semi-final. Final, yeah,
2: you know, like the, the it's. But also, I think from 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 Dublin's perspective, playing the game they play, a man short, really grueling. Mm. You know, they, they did look you, tired. You're taking yeah, take one person out of that. Yeah. Those kind of processes and, and, and sequences, and uh, it does take a lot out of those that are that, that are left there.
0: Yeah, Dean Rock did look tired even going over to, to, yeah. to the free. He did. There was yeah. the,
2: there were. I don't think there was ever quite a sense that it was it was it was going. To a happen. chance. No, um, it, because the the angle was so so difficult. Mm-hmm. I I'm,
1: I got really annoyed at the semi-finals um, by Sean O'Shea and uh, Rock. The amount of yardage they were stealing, taking mm-hmm. frees out of their hands. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I actually worked out that the cuts in Croke Park, the pitch cuts, were um, four metres each. And that Dean Rock and O'Shea were each stealing four metres forward Mm. and at least two to three metres in on everything they kicked out of their hands. That's the gig. Why in God's name did Dean Rock kick that ball off the ground? I thought the
0: same thing, yeah. I think I I can only put it down to tiredness. As in he
1: mentally frazzled? No, no, no. no,
0: Like, if you... He kind of... Got on the ball a couple of times in the in the build-up to it, in the sort of three four minutes behind it, before it, and he was really carrying himself around the pitch, and I, I put it down to the fact that he went back to trusting his technique off the floor rather than, as they all free takers say, there's so many moving parts when you kick it out of your hand that, I think he just decided that his body was too tired to trust that many moving parts.
2: I, th- I think he was. I think he was. Kind of, he was backing himself mm. from the actual placed yeah. ball. Um, I think he might have had a sense as well. You know, given the circumstances. Yes. I mean, how much latitude was David Goff going to give? A well, you can be absolutely sure
0: because the there was a lot of uh, there was a few skirmishes around it. You can be absolutely sure every carry player was saying to Goff and the linesman. Where is he taking it from? Come yeah, on, Rev. Yeah, Where yeah. is he taking it from? And I'd say that fed into him kind of going, well, all I do here is steal two metres and Goff throws it up in the air and the game is over and we missed our chance. Mm-hmm. So might that probably fed be, into him. Might be it a, too. Bit,
3: a bit harsh on him but like, he's obviously an amazing free-taker and the fact that he can take them on the left-footer's angle is, is incredible. But he doesn't score that many... From he like I suppose Dublin don't don't take those on the, the risky the ones, thing. but he doesn't score that many outrageously long free. But or, any
0: other time in that game, he doesn't shoot. Them. Yeah, like they, yeah. they farm that around. Yeah. I
3: I would have if in a one off shooting situation there, I would have thought Jeremy Connolly would have had a a pop if that was two years ago. Yeah, Conley would have us but yeah. you yeah. weren't
0: really taking it off Dean Rock.
3: Yeah, I my think,
0: favorite thing that I saw last night, and, and this is. You know you know when you when you hear a lot of opinions about a lot of games you think you've heard it all. I saw somebody tweet last night that um Croke Park is the only pitch in the country where uh you, there's a bit of like a, a cinder track uh, just at the at the back of it and Connie would have had to start his run up there. Uh so in any other pitch in the country he would have had a longer run up. So Croke Park was a disadvantage to the Dubs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is hell of a way to look at it (laughs) anyway uh, that will do us we'll see everybody again in a couple of weeks Um, we'll endeavour not to have you in here next Monday but uh, we'll see how we get on thank you very much thanks so of course it is an exciting day Pat very exciting well Uh, no
1: tell me why it's exciting actually
0: uh, yeah (laughs) as if you don't know Uh, it is the day that the Ireland World Cup squad gets uh, submitted to World Rugby Submitted but not announced No, no, we find out about it in like 10 days or something like that Isn't that right Gavin Comiskey? Yeah,
4: well, it's out in the world <laughs> Everyone knows about it now and we're going to be talking about it throughout the whole day and,
0: and Just before we go into the ins and outs of it, it Just talk me a little through the uh, manoeuvrings of our beloved and slightly paranoid Irish head coach here
4: World Rugby get the squad now this afternoon, Monday.
0: And to be clear, every other country has submitted and announced their squad at this stage.
4: I think everyone's done. There's one or two still um um wandering around, but um the plan from the IRFU, from the Irish Rugby, is, well, Rugby we got squad today. The players were cut, which is some significant ones, especially Dev Toner, are, mm. are, are told. And then... Schmidt sits on his hands. And not only will he... he, The plan is not to even talk about it on Thursday or after the game next Saturday, but just to release it with an email next Sunday. That's just not going to hold, obviously, because every single question from now on is going to be about the
0: Well, it was funny. I was talking to you at Crook Park yesterday about the the, uh, orchestration of all of this. And you were telling me that... So this is going to be submitted tomorrow... uh, but there's no way that it doesn't leak out over the course of the rest of the week. It has leaked out about two or three hours before it has actually even been submitted. So you may as well tell us all the, okay. the coming um, and going. Let's go with the,
4: the flashpoints first. Um, Dev Toner, it looks like, is not going to make it. So the locks will be James Ryan, Ian Henderson, who are going to be in charge of the line-out, uh, John Klein and Tyg Byrne, which is... Is the
1: Toner call anything to the sighting or is this an injury?
4: No. He hasn't been sighted yet and... Dev Toner's had an ankle injury two separate times this season. Came back injured again. It's the first time he's ever been injured, I, I can remember, in his career. Um, so that slowed his march. Also, they had to make a decision. They wanted more dynamic players, but it always looked like it was going to be a Klein or, or one of the back rowers would lose out or Tyg Byrne. It kept looking like that Schmidt wouldn't go to Tyg Byrne, but he really had to, you know. Um, that's a, still a major surprise because... The line out has been it was the reason why they got absolutely walloped in Twickenham and everyone's like, Well, they go back to Toner for when you need structural security. Ian Henderson really didn't have a good day. Rory Best carried the brunt of it in Twickenham, but it was Ian Henderson whose responsibility was to call the line out. Mm. James Ryan came back in and instantly you could see him on defensive lineouts telling people what to do and showing leadership and all that. But it still didn't look secure. It's still gonna be the stick that everyone's gonna beat Schmitz Ireland if they don't do well. Decision's been made. Toner's gone, seemingly. Is uh, James
1: Ryan in charge of the line-out now?
4: Henderson has been calling it. Schmidt tried to drop... Schmidt dropped Toner, I think it was 2016, 2017, and Henderson came in and called it, and that was supposed to be the process. An injury and just Toner's reliance over the years is, I mean, you kept going back to him, you know? Uh, Dev Toner should be noted. In, his career's not over. He's 33, he? but he has, had, he has done wonders with his talents like obviously he's a hugely tall player and all that but it's a tough day for that guy uh, back row is another big surprise would be it looks like Reese Ruddock who is Schmidt's number two captain and B captain and a guy he's gone back to but seriously injury prone even injury prone recently you know gets in ahead of Jordy Murphy who is Mr. Versatility who who, who literally up sticks and <laughs> like moved, like, moved to Belfast to play seven to do everything he was supposed to, to do to get to the World all- Cup and it uh, looks like he's not going. Jack Conan, CJ Stander, Peter O'Mahony, Josh Van der Flyer, Reese Mr. Reliable, when he's fit, gets in. Um another big one, uh, and a lot of conic people won't be too happy with Kieran Marmion not making it and um Luke McGrath getting in. Um Luke McGrath's leadership, his defensive stuff, his kind of his brain, and not as probably as good as an attacking scrum half as Marmion, but he gets the call. Um, it's a it's a big climb up because uh, if this happens, uh, I really would like to hear this from Schmidt's mouth because, like Schmidt stood sapping Sir Kieran Marmion in last Thursday's team announcement, and it was as far as image goes, it's like here's my guy. You know what I mean? He's consistently gone back to him. He picked him as the scrum half against the All Blacks. He goes, we don't need Connor Murray. We got Kieran Marmion. and him not to make the squad is a surprise. So um, two scrum halves. It's, on merit, I think Luke, I think McGrath's actually a little bit better and deserves it, but it's still a big surprise. Yeah, Joey Carbery. that tells us Joey Carbery's going to be fine. And it, it, in case of emergency, he covers that position. There's just, right. just no room for six halfbacks. Um, and uh, one thing that I think everyone knew from the weekend is Jack McGrath is not going to make it because um, Dave Kilcoyne came back, started the season, best shape of his life, was brilliant in Cardiff. Like really, really has... Is, is, Putting pressure on to become the starting loosehead, as is Andrew Porter, by the way, who moved over and destroyed, dismantled the Welsh scrum. He was a loosehead by trade, and he really looks like he's the long-term mm. loosehead for Ireland. Once they figure out what to do about tighthead, um, and another surprise that's um, that is a really another one that I uh, some people are going to be interested to hear how Schmidt explains this. Um, looks like Larmer and Conway have made it by the skin of their teeth. And Will Addison, I don't think there's any... Once he had, all he had to do was prove his fitness to get into the squad. He's, he looked great on Saturday. He's a world-class player. Uh, I, that's what I thought as soon as I saw him in halfway through the season for Ulster, before he had back surgery. Um, he can play centre or full-back equally well, hands, place kicker, class. Like, he I don't. He really slipped under the English radar. They have a couple of good full-backs who were not much better than him at all. He, he's, he's the real deal. So Chris Farrell, another one that... Uh, like, I get why Schmidt was saying this is... The toughest thing I've ever had to do four years ago, and I have to do it again. He he was really struggling, having to turn around to Chris Farrell, and like Anker Marmion and these guys, and Jack McGrath and Jeff Toner, and tell them you're not going. Like these guys are close to the best starting fifteen. You know, you, like if Ringrose is not playing. Chris Farrell's your man at thirteen, and now he's not going. So Conway, I think, played himself in. I think Conway was going to miss out, but his form has just been too good.
0: Played himself in on Saturday or through these games.
4: Every single chance he's gotten in the last while, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, the thing about Chris Farrell is Will Addison can play centre quite well. Henshaw Aki can all fill in outside centre, and Ringrose is the man. So too specialised for his own good. But like, it's it's rough. I think mm. again, Bundy Aki's consistency. It makes the choice easier to lean that way, but uh, it's it's just some pretty rough calls there. But when you flip it back around and, don't, and they're gone now, I, of those names that I've said, Jordy Murphy, Dev Toner, uh Chris Farrell, Jack McGrath, Kieran Marmion, at least two of them will go to Japan. Do you think? As injury call? Yeah, they're just uh, they're special, they're positions where there's going to be injuries. Um, like sec- second row, back row prop, <laughs> there's going to be injuries there. Even If there's even the slightest thing wrong with a scrum half, you got to get the guy in as quick as you can because of the jet lag and all that stuff, you know what I mean? So you're not relying on Joey Carberry.
1: I was reading that some of the squads are deliberately going to have people ready to go in Japan, even though it's technically not allowed, but they, they um, you, you can be World Rugby, can know too. that that this is going to happen. But we're not doing it all, we're leaving people at home. I've sought
4: clarity on this one and it's very vague. Um, yeah, so there's a talk of you can have you can't have the guys training with you, right? So they're literally in a hotel around the corner, up the road. Um, the obvious problem is for this is you, Kieran Martin has to play Ruby for Connacht, for example. The, the New Zealand won't be doing it because like Liam Squire was one that he pulled out um, uh, partly injury, partly mental health reasons. But he is he's on a waiting list. But Steve Hansen was very clear going, no, you're playing provincial rugby in the provincial championship now because I want you playing rugby so I can actually watch you to see if I can bring you. <laughs> Same thing applies. You don't want a guy sitting in... To- I don't think it's going to work. I don't think anyone's going to do it, actually. Maybe the Wallabies or maybe England. But no, you have to be playing rugby. So you're back in Connacht, you go back. John Cooney, Ciarán and all these guys have been dropped. Um, Dev Toner, um, presumably he's fit, actually. There could be injuries here that we just don't know about. But these guys need to be um, keeping the whole thing ticking along for Wendy. Are needed,
1: or called out. The Welsh squad was announced over the weekend, um, but I was particularly struck by how they did it. The uh, Welsh Rugby Union put together videos and sent the videos to the players that were included in the squad, wherein a a representative of the players' local community club announced to them on the video that they were included in Mm. Wales' World Cup squad, which is kind of nice and cute and, and all that. Copy in the English, though. Did they do that the too? English did some, they, different
4: things, so they'd pick a guy's mother yeah. and they'd pick a guy's first coach or teacher or whatever, all the way through. It was,
1: it was quite touching. But Eddie Jones nipped it in the bud weeks ago. He was like, okay, here it is and there's been no speculation. Why are we dragging this out to such a preposterous degree? Why are we seriously going to wait until next Sunday to officially announce that which players are in and which players aren't? This is how
4: Joe Schmidt does business. I don't think people listening care about this. But like, for example... Paul O'Connell's career ended on a pitch in Cardiff and pretty much everyone could see that his World Cup was certainly over four years ago as he was carried off. It was the Tuesday afternoon that uh, the Ireland team put up just like young Leinster players. <laughs> they didn't, <laughs> didn't let you near any monster players, nothing. And it was like they just, they, they don't like, they give you the narrative that they want to give you and it's normally a boring narrative. Hence people end up going on kind of solo runs a lot of the time. He he prefers vacuums. That's just the way they do their business. Look, the opposite is Eddie Jones feeds the beast constantly. You know what I mean, and it, that's backfired on him. So um, it's the unfortunately it's a little bit the Brian Cody Jim is Gavin Joe a, Schmidt school of thought. Oh, but of even beyond that, Gavin, gives him as little as possible. Is it know? not
0: going to be a bit weird when somebody asks him uh, in on Thursday or whenever uh, is Dev Toner in the running?
4: <laughs> it'll it'll the penny will drop on Thursday morning. If not, if not. By the end of today, you didn't yeah. realise that every question on Thursday at the team announcement is going to be about the squad. Mm. It has to be. Like, G, the, the media are just simply not doing their job if they ask a filler question yeah. about, so how do you think the Welsh are going to show yeah. up, you know? But no, it has to be about this. There's no other way. It's the only thing that people are interested in is finding out what the hell happened. How did Dev Toner go from being the centrepiece of the Ireland team? How did Marmion go from being the key member? Like, tough as it all it is. And it's great. In fairness, like Schmidt needs to get a lot of credit because over the years, consistently... You've seen so many coaches that name silly teams that just don't make sense because they get kind of lost in their own heads. Schmidt, as a uh, selection stuff, has always been well. Ninety percent of the time, he's he's been really whip smart about how he how he promotes guys, how he gives people chances, and the way he does it is like you can see the excellence of his coaching from his team selections a lot of the time. M- a lot, most of it is common sense. So I'm sure there is lots of common sense reasons for these things, but mm. I'd say we're going to have to wait for about four days to hear them.
0: Um. Is there anybody, if we take this to be the squad, is there anybody that's lucky to be in it? Jordan Larmer. Dang. Now,
4: again, a little bit harsh on him because as an attacking entity, he, he's just been fantastic for the last two years. And Remember that try he scored as a kid? It was nearly two years ago then mm-hmm. in Talman Park when he just danced past everyone and out sprinted Simon Zeebo. Um Defensively, Gordon Darcy's a good person to actually read on this, is uh, he's a liability on the wing. and In actual fact, his first start for Ireland on the wing was in Twickenham, yeah. So I was a bit surprised to see that he starts being a fullback. Um, he least so he has been struggling within the Smith system, and again he's a bit of a free bird kind of a guy. Anyway, but his talent is so good they just want to bring him, and you, you can understand that. But yeah, he's lucky. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's lucky because mm. because you're cutting you're cutting Chris Farrell essentially. But again, as I explained, because there's a bit of a balance with what Will Addison does, Larmer survives. Anyone else? No, oh, everyone else is kind of. Everyone else is kind of on merit. Like um,
0: Klein, even
4: Klein. I, 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 just.
0: I think Joe it's be- has, has his mind made up. Klein kind of hasn't impressed. Him, Klein
4: is not that impressive for Monster mm. in the last few seasons. He hasn't like consistently when they've come. They brought him in for power. And they've been overpowered in key matches, Saracens, namely, Etoge and Cruz, who he really, he he thought he'd face them in different colours. You put, you got to him and face those two boys, and he just wasn't mapped. Um, against Italy, four scrum penalties. He was driving a tight head. He gets a lot of credit for that. But in the big games, he's nowhere near the pitch. He's nowhere near, I'm pretty sure he's nowhere near the bench either. Right. Um, so in that regard, uh, he, there must be, you give him the credit, there must be so much going on. Uh, he must be bringing this enormous power or this enormous impact. But he's, he's one of the dirt trackers, I'm pretty sure. He's the guy who gives them the bit of bulk in the and Russia games.
1: I don't see what else he is. Mm. As a squad, we'll say, there's been other years that we've gone to World Cups and we've sort of known the 15 that was going to start games. Does it kind of feel like this squad actually has more depth in it than other years? That we, we genuinely can go down the numbers and we have good players in reserve?
4: Yeah, look, look. This is one of Schmidt's great achievements. Is he's he's built depth in four years' time, but um, it doesn't really matter because your best team is all a matter of getting your best players on the pitch. I'm, I'm talking, but, like, but like, look, for example, injuries. the the All Blacks, right? Yeah. Their depth is astonishing. The guys they can go to when they go through, it, they go right down through it. But you take Bowden Barrett out of their team, and they're just not the same entity. Like they're just in serious. In, like you see, it's, without Sonny Bill Williams, there, it's not the same. They're not the old blacks that you expect, you know. So, yeah, he's got depth in every position. Like, OK, a, a Jack Carty's performance on the weekend show is is proof of the whole thing. But Jack Carty, was, he's really looked like he's grown into it. And he's—and it was his 27th birthday and he, he played well. And, he, and he's had a great couple of years and he's passed out Ross Byrne and all that. But he's putting zero pressure on Sexton for the, for the jersey. It's just, in case of emergency, we know the guy's going to go well and he's been exposed. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter when it comes to... Again, I met (laughs) with a friend of mine Uh, over the weekend and who's played professional rugby. And he, he was just, he was like, look... People need to calm down. I just don't see how we get past the quarterfinals. We, this is our limit. Um, it's a surprise. I pretty much kind of meet the cop on a bit. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> but I, I was like, you okay. don't need
0: to talk to those people, Gavin. You no, can no, just I'm walk not, away.
4: I'm not. I went off in a huff. But I, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you, you, you get where it's coming from. I, I think that the, the, the general public's opinion has been uh, dampened by mainly by Twickenham, but. uh there's still lots of good things in this squad. There's still lots to be, uh, lots to be confident about. You know.
0: What sort of team do we think plays on Saturday against Wales? Full strength. Full strength. Teams. I think that Both
4: th- I think Gatland and Schmidt made an agreement even on the minutes of subs. Right. On the weekend, so I think they'll do it again. Hence, you saw Rory Best and the lads piling in. Uh, Rory Best needs a little bit of a hat tip. I think he made twelve tackles. He certainly <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> made more tackles than his. 13 minutes on the pitch than any Welsh player.
4: Yeah, yeah. So he he got stuck in. Fair play to him. He'll um he'll go to the World Cup as the Ireland captain and the starting hooker. But uh, well, not, not. I can see that changing as the as the uh, pools develop. Like now, did okay. Um, but so the team won't be full full strength because they mightn't start James Ryan again. They mightn't go with Henderson again. So they might change up the second row. Um, which would be very interesting if they picked Dev Doner or something like oh that God. What do they do that to him England have done it England have named their squad <laughs> and have, have kept three lads because they had to use them because you essentially more than anything else you don't want to get players injured yeah. so like if somebody anyone has even That's a nickel <laughs> that would be rough yeah <laughs> could happen could For happen um, but there's a yeah you'll see as they have to they really want a full blown test match at home and all that to get because it's the last game before September 22nd against Scotland in Yokohama
0: Indeed. Well, we have plenty of time to panic and worry as we go along. And we will. And we will. Uh, thank you, Gavin. No worries. Thanks to Sean and Eamon who were in earlier. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Declan and Jenny behind the glass. And we will talk to everybody next week. Thank you very much, folks.